Hey, I'm Ben Ramos, and I get the privilege of serving here as the senior pastor. We are a church all about the authentic power of God coupled with sound theology, because God's given us his inerrant, infallible word, and in it, he calls us to be people who are filled by his Holy Spirit, people who are empowered by his Holy Spirit, and people who are led by his Holy Spirit. As a local congregation, God's called us to help people take steps in their relationship with Jesus, to see them rise from death to life and glory to glory. I just want to thank you guys so much for joining us today. I truly pray and I hope that this message would be an encouragement to you and your life that it would help you to recognize that the mission field is all around you and that it would help you to take steps in your relationship with Jesus. Be blessed. want to jump into a, a new message series this morning. Um, I don't know if y'all are on social media or whatnot, but uh, we are going into a new series entitled Hearing God. And I've got a good friend of mine, Pastor Ben Dixon, who's in Washington, who wrote this book. And um, if you guys want a copy, it is on Amazon. And I just got noticed that he is sending us 50 free copies. So I think those will be here next week for people who would like them. There are nine chapters in the book. We're going to do nine, um, nine messages in the series. It's not going to be verbatim. I'm going to hold it before the Lord and see what he says. And we're going to go use this kind of as a basic framework. But let me just tell you about how I got to this place of wanting to teach on this series. I remember a couple weeks ago, I shared this message and it was an entitled, Resting in the Simplicity of God's Provision. And we looked out of 1 Kings 17, how God continued to provide for Elijah over and over and over. And it was just this simple place of Elijah listening to where God was telling him to go, what God was telling him to do when he got there. And then God releasing his provision from there. And so from that, it was this simple encouragement to us all that this ought to be what our life looks like as we walk with Jesus. It's listen and obey, listen and obey, listen and obey. But then I got to this place. Remember, a part of that message was simplify. This, was, this is the message that God's been speaking to me lately, simplify. And so it's going back and taking this message, listen and obey, and asking the question, do we actually understand how to listen? When I say that we need to listen to the voice of God, do we actually get that? Or is that it become just something that the church says, right? Listen to the voice of God. Listen and obey. Listen and obey. And so God's just saying, take it back. Take it back. And so maybe you're at a place where you're like, I got this. I got this down, Pastor Ben. Okay, cool. Now let's get to a place where we can teach it to others. This is what we're called to, to help people take steps in their relationship with, with Jesus. So if you're at a place where you feel like you've got it down, then let's get it down to the point where we're able and we are actively walking with other people in this process of hearing the voice of God in our lives because it's crucial. It's absolutely crucial. Now imagine this, as we break this down, as we lay this foundation for hearing the voice of God, imagine Imagine a biblical narrative, as scary as it is, a biblical narrative 
where God doesn't speak. Can you, can you even think of that? What that, would, what that could even look like? We would go to the beginning in Genesis chapter one and it would say, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth and the earth was without form and without void. The darkness was over the face of the deep and the spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. And then God said, oh wait, if God doesn't speak, then he couldn't have spoken in that moment. So things just must have poofed. Right? And, 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 and then there it was. And then there's Adam and Eve, and they somehow figured out how to speak, even though their creator didn't speak to them. And then there was Noah, who just randomly knew that he was supposed to build a boat at a specific time and randomly knew how to build that boat. And then there was Abraham, this super optimistic guy, that he was supposed to go to some place that he didn't even know, but somehow he was going to figure it out, even though that his, his family had, uh, he was going to take his family and they were going to go to some random place. And then there was the kings and the judges and the prophets who, uh, well, they must have just had these ideas that all worked out together to fulfill all of these random prophecies, right? And then we get to the story of Jesus, who in the Bible says that Jesus only spoke what he heard the Father speaking, but if the Father wasn't speaking, then Jesus must not have said anything at all. And then we get to the disciples who randomly figured out how to walk this life out. And then there was Paul who had some optical illusion on his road to Damascus. And then there was Ananias who randomly thought that he was going to meet some random guy there and pray over him. Boy. And then there was John. And so essentially you guys get the point. But to have this belief that God never spoke, you literally have to rewrite the Bible or erase the Bible. And that's not who we are. We're a people who believe in the authority of Scripture. Amen. That it is infallible. This Scripture is God's Word. And so if you're wondering what we believe as a church, this is what we believe. We believe that God spoke, that God is speaking, and God will continue to speak. This is who our God is. And there's a number of ways to present this case of, of God speaking to us. And uh, for some, it's as easy as saying, well, my spirit bears witness. Right? My, my spirit bears witness that God speaks. And then we kind of get to this place of looking around society and looking um, in, in some different streams and seeing that, well, there's lots of people that have said that their spirit bears witness of stuff. Right? And as people who believe in the authority of Scripture, that we have God's word to us right now, we've got to be people who can point to that and say, Here, here's one reason why I believe. And then there are some people who can build this case and, and would say that, well, God is unchanging. And so God spoke before, God's speaking now, and he's speaking again, and that's my sole reason why I believe that God, that we can hear the voice of God. But I've also heard the opposite side of that, where people say, well, God is just, and his justice looked different in the Old Testament than it did in the New Testament. And so some people apply that to the New Testament today that it looks a little bit different. So I want to present a case today coming from this place of why. Why God would speak to us. And we're going to take it all the way back to the foundation of, well, the beginning of the scriptures. And it's this, this idea that we were created for a real relationship with God. We were created for a real relationship with God. Here's what Jesus says, just for a little teaser. In John 10, 27, my sheep, you guys know this verse? My sheep 
hear my voice, I know them, and they follow me. There's three aspects to this relationship. That my sheep, that means the people of God, hear his voice. That there is a knowability with God. There's a close, intimate relationship that we have with God. And then there's the, the following. And so, so often within religion, we get to this place of like this, this third tier of this, this whole idea. It, it, it's that we're just here to follow. We're just here to get our marching orders and then we go. But we've been created for so much more than that. We've been created for true, actual relationship. It's not a monologue. It's a dialogue. So let's lay this this true foundation. Let's go back to Genesis. And the Bible opens with it saying that God created the heavens and the earth and the sun and the moon and the stars and the land and the animals and then, and then humanity. And we see this in Genesis 126. If we could pull that up. Starting in uh, verse 26 there, it says, Then God said, Let us make man in our image, after our likeness. And let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the heaven, over the livestock, and over the, all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. Someone say creepy. Verse 27, so God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him, male and female, he created them. It's a little repetitive, like it's something that we got to grab a hold of, huh? And God blessed them, and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over every living thing that moves on earth. And God said, behold, I have given you every plant yielding seed that is on the face of all the earth and every tree with seed in its fruit. You shall have them for food. I like that. Food is good. Amen. Give me some more of that. Verse 30, to every, beast, to every beast of the earth and to every bird of the heavens and to everything that creeps on the earth, everything that has breath of life, I have given every green plant for food. And so, and it was so. And so I want you just to think about this, how everything was created, okay? We have God speaking and it was. He said, let there be light. Boom, it, it was, We have all of these things, and then man was created differently. Man was created more intimately, where God took the dust of the earth, and he breathes into it. And I've heard it said that, uh, uh, obviously, we're created in his image and his likeness. This image is like an icon, like of an app on our phones, You know, an icon is a representation of something more full, right? You don't see the fullness of that app on that phone, but you know it's 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 in there. It's a representation of something way, 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 way bigger, way more complete. And we get we are made in that image. We're like little icons, and we're also made in God's likeness, His nature, His character, and His virtue. See, all of us are representations of of God and. I was going to say that I've, I've heard it said like this, that God made humanity like little hard drives 
You know, like a little hard drive of a computer, they have these external ones. I just got like a two terabyte. I don't even know like how much that is. That's a lot of, that's a lot of space though. And when you buy these little hard drives, they're completely empty until you put stuff on them. And you got to look at the way this whole creation story is playing out. What is, what is God doing here with Adam and Eve? He's beginning to fill that hard drive. He's beginning to inform that hard drive. He's beginning to write information so that this hard drive would have an understanding of what the world is. He literally goes through and he says, this is a plant. And then there's a definition. Okay, this is a plant. This is for food. This is what I'm supposed to eat. Oh, this is an animal. Okay, this is an animal. This is ground. Okay, this is ground, right? God taking step by step by step and explaining that this is what this is. And I think... There's a, there's a real, really cool like simplicity in that that we need to grab a hold of in our own relationship. See, what God is doing is he's giving them information. He's giving them a mindset. He's giving them a paradigm. He's giving information on how to view the world around them and how to understand the world around them. And this is what relationship with God is supposed to be like. This place of seeking him to understand what in the world are these things around us and why are these things functioning the way that they are. This is what relationship's supposed to look like. God is supposed to speak. God does speak. We are supposed to hear. He's supposed to tell us how to view the world around us. And we are supposed to accept and employ that direction. We're supposed to take and say, yes, Lord, this is what I believe. And this is how I will view the world around us because you are God and I am not. You are creator and I am created. So why does God speak to humanity? Because we were created for relationship with him. At the very root of it, we must get this. This was the intention all along that we would be in relationship with him. But along with the difference in the way that God created man, he also gave us something that is referred to by some in different ways, but uh, I like to call it uh, uh, limited, um, uh, limited free will, okay? And so with this limited free will, here's what we recognize. Did you decide where to be born? Did you decide who to be born to? Did you decide what time period to be born? Did you decide? We don't have any say in that. God does, does release that, but he does give us some choices, and we see this within the garden. He gives us some choices to make. Are we going to essentially take what God is saying and accept that as truth and employ it into our lives and shape our lives and shape our paradigms? Or are we going to allow some other voices in to shape the way that we view the world around us? And so we see this, we see this kind of broken down as God would put Adam and Eve into the garden. In Genesis chapter 2, verse 15 through 17, it says, The Lord God took man and put him in the garden of Eden to work it and to keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, You may surely eat of every tree of the garden, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat. For in that day that you eat of it, you will surely die. And so there's there's that choice. 
There's that, that free will. You have a decision to make here. And then came the serpent. Genesis 3, let's continue reading on in verse 1. It says, Now the serpent was more crafty than any of the other beasts in the field that the Lord had made. And let's just take a moment there and recognize this, right? Because a lot of people like to put it like the enemy, Satan, against God, like they're on the, uh, an equal plane. That's not the case. It says right here that Satan was also made He is also a created being. He falls under the sovereignty, under the hand of God. And that's good news. He said to the woman, Satan said to the woman, did God actually say, you shall not eat of any tree in the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, we may eat of the fruit of the tree in the garden, but God said, you shall not eat of, uh, of the fruit in the tree that is in the midst of the garden, neither shall you touch it lest you die. And so we already see a twisting of God's word. We already see a misunderstanding of what God had spoken. You see, the enemy likes to come in and try and twist this voice that God had, that God had spoken. Uh, but the serpent said to the woman, you will not surely die. For God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was a delight to the eyes, that tree was to be desired, uh, that the tree was to be desired to make one wise, she took its fruit. And she ate, and she also gave some to her husband who was with her, and he ate. And their eyes were opened, and they knew that they were naked. And they sewed fig leaves together and made them into loincloths. And so what took place here is that the enemy's voice came in and began shaping how they viewed the world around them. And I wonder if that's just a a timeout and a pause moment for us to evaluate our lives and to see how much of what we believe is actually informed by God. How much of the way we view, boy, let's just go through it, family, relationships, church, right, society, how much of the way that we view all of this is actually informed by God or how much has been informed by the world around us? How much has been informed by some other, some other voice? And this is the brokenness that we have within our relationship with God. This, this choice that Adam and Eve made introduced sin into this world. It, 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 it broke, it made a chasm between our relationship, humanities, and, and God's. But the good news is that we weren't created for that, and Jesus came to restore. Jesus came to restore. And as he came, he came to do really two things. He came to restore relationship, and he came to be an example of life with the Father. Look at Luke 19.10. It says, For the Son of Man came, you guys know this verse? Came to seek and save that which was lost. Now, what, the word lost can mean that which was damaged. And that word saved can mean restore. 
And so Jesus came to restore that which was damaged. What was damaged? This relationship where we have allowed other voices to come in and inform how we live. And Jesus came to give us this rightful place back in relationship with God where we can say, oh my goodness, I've missed it. I've allowed these other voices to shape me and I choose you. I'm, 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 I'm renewing, hey, how about this for scripture? I'm renewing my mind. Ephesians 2.13 says, But now in Christ, you who were once far off have been brought near by the, blood of, by the blood of Christ. It's so important that we recognize that Jesus coming now allows us a way to get back to rightful standing and rightful processing and rightful viewing and right viewing everything around us and understanding everything around us from this place of being informed by God and employing that into our, into our lives. And it's important to understand the, the key way that, um, that Jesus came to, to help us to understand what this relationship with God ought to look like. It brings us back to this place of being a father. And it's I know that it, it can be hard sometimes to, to recognize what it, what it should look like as a father because in this world, sometimes our fathers have been broken. Sometimes we didn't have a father, right? Sometimes our perspective of that is, is a little off, but we need to go back to a redeemed perspective of what a good father looks like. And it, it, just a few reminders in Matthew 5.15. I'm just gonna throw some of these out there. Matthew 5.15 says, Nor do people light a lamp or put it under a basket, but they put it on a stand, and it gives light to all the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, so that they may see your good works and give glory to who? Your Father. Your Father who is in heaven. Matthew 5.44, But I say to you, love your enemies, pray for those who persecute you, so that they may be sons of your father, so that you may be sons of your father who's in heaven. Matthew 5, 48. You therefore must be perfect as your heavenly father is perfect. Luke eleven two, And he said to them, when you pray, instructing them of what this is supposed to look like, when you talk to God, it's from this place of what? Father, father, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in, in heaven. We're called to be sons and daughters where we walk closely with God, where we're constantly saying, Father, what do you believe about this? What, how, how do I understand this? How do I look at this? How, what do I do with this? This is our constant place of, of walking with him. So how do we respond how do we respond this morning? Here's the expectation that as we would respond, that God's going to continue to uh, open our ears to the sound of his voice. This is my expectation for everyone here in this room, everyone on, on the stream, that through our church and through this area and through this region, that God's going to be speaking more and more and more, and we're going to be hearing more and more and more. And so here's how we respond. Number one, it's called repentance. Repent. Jesus came preaching, and the first thing that he communicated 
was to repent. After declaring that the kingdom of God was at hand, let's look at this in Mark chapter one. It says, now after John was arrested, Jesus came into Galilee proclaiming the gospel of God and saying, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. And so repentance really in as our context, in our context, we're, we're saying this, I recognize that I've got some areas in my life that I have allowed the world to shape it, that I have allowed the enemy to shape it, and that I have not allowed God to shape it. And so we are saying, I'm turning from that. I am done. I'm done with that. And the Lord reveals that more and more and more. The Bible says that it's through the conviction of the Holy Spirit that he's helping us to see these things. And so again, with that hard drive illustration, what's our hard drive full of? So repentance, renew. Bible calls us to renew our mind. If we want to see true transformation, we renew our mind saying, this is, this is my new way of thinking. It's by listening and processing with, with God. And then we receive. We've got to recognize that God is, is giving gifts to us. He, he wants to speak to us. We've got to, I think that's the, the biggest thing that we've got to grab a hold of is that God wants to speak to us. I think so often um, through a sinful outlook and through a, a flawed vision of identity, we get to thinking like, oh, I mean, this is the creator of everything. He doesn't want to speak to me. There's so many other things that he could be doing, and that's flawed. And I just want to break that off of us right now in the name of Jesus. We've got to recognize that God wants to speak to us. We were created for this close relationship. Ned, would you uh, just come? We're going a little short today, but I just want to spend some time just really, really seeking God with this whole idea that this is what we were created for, that the creator of the universe created, a, created us to be spoken into, to be shaped by him. So Father, we just pray right now in the name of Jesus. Help us to hear your voice, God. Help us to hear your voice. And what I want to do is just to... I want to have a time of responding. I want to have a time of, of responding to this message, of, of practicing to listen. And here's the deal. In our relationships with God, we're not made perfect, 100% on point. This is, this is New Testament walking with God. We're not going to get stoned for getting it wrong. We're not going to get stoned. I'll, I'll clarify that. We're not going to get stones thrown at us. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Shoot. Okay. Right. Um, so we don't have, this doesn't have to be perfect. But we have to have a safe place where we can, we can begin hearing the voice of God and recognizing whether we're actually hearing the voice of God or something else. And so one of the ways that I've, I've, I've done this, I, I, I was talking about Pastor Ben Dixon, um, and 
when I gave my life to the Lord, I needed, I needed someone to help walk me through a lot of this stuff. And I've known Ben for over like 10 years now. And, uh, and from the very beginning, like he, he, he'd just been walking this out of hearing the voice of God. And over these 10 years, I'm like, I've never actually worked through this material. Crazy, or at least from the pulpit. I've done it in small groups and stuff like that. But one of the things that we did was we would recognize the way that God speaks in, in, in scriptures. And so one of the ways that, uh, the many ways that God speaks in scriptures is we, obviously he speaks through his word and we'll go through all of this later, but I just want to introduce this into a time here of, of freely practicing. God can give you pictures. God can give you um, like active movies. God can speak in like a, uh, a, a still small voice. Sometimes there's that audible voice. And I, I, wanna, I want you to recognize this, that when I, all throughout this series, when I'm talking about hearing the voice of God, recognize that I believe that God will not speak to us if it doesn't fit within the scriptures. I meant to say that first and foremost, so it's built upon that in everything that I say, please read that into it, that we believe in the authority of scripture and God doesn't speak outside of that. But as, again, as we're stepping into this, this practical time, God may just speak something to you for another person. And so here's what I want to do. Um, I want to practice. Nick, can we pray for you? I, I, know, I know it's safe. Now, listen, as we would pray, here's what we're going to do. We're going to pray a blessing over Nick. And then we're just going to ask, God, would you, would you speak something that would be encouraging to Nick? And so, again, some of us, you may get a picture in your mind. And here's the deal. It may be something as simple as like a flower. And you're like, ah, oh, I don't know. I don't know what that means. Could that mean something? I don't know. And maybe that's all we get right now. And y'all, we got to be okay with that. Sometimes I've seen it happen where someone's like, oh, I don't I got this flower. I don't know if that's going to mean anything to you, Nick, this, this flower. And, and as they speak it, God continues to bring more revelation and it brings them back to this, uh, this scripture and it's this huge encouraging thing. So sometimes it, it starts out small and we just gotta, we gotta just speak it forth. So this is not going to be a time of correction or anything like that, just encouragement. So I'm going to pray a blessing and I'm going to invite everybody else to be praying for Nick. And what's going to be really cool is sometimes we see, um, we see like similar things being spoken and that's pretty cool too. So Father, we just pray over Nick right now in the mighty name of Jesus. We pray for a strengthening in, in this man of God. God, I pray that you'd be speaking to him right now. I just see the Lord speaking to you um, uh, uh, visions, visions of future ministry, visions of building. I see, I see your hands being like, uh, like that of a builder. I just, the, the literal like movie that I get in my mind is you placing bricks next to each other and then you're putting the, the mortar in there and then you're putting another row of bricks and you're just building. And the Lord's saying that that's for the kingdom of God. And so I just pray right now, God, thank you for that, Lord. 
Father, I pray, I pray courage. Boldness and courageous. We pray that over him right now in Jesus' name. Okay, and as, as we pray that, I'm expecting that God's gonna be speaking to all of you guys for specific things. And so I wanna just invite that. Maybe it's a picture, maybe it's a word, maybe it's, it's something. Just, just release it. Let me, let me see a hand of, of something someone may have. Hey, thanks for joining us today. If you didn't get a chance to give already, you can send a text message with a cash amount to the phone number 84321. Remember, the mission field is all around you. So go in the power of Jesus and bring that transformation for his glory.